Welcome to The Vault. Tune in every week to unlock the marketing secrets of some of the fastest growing businesses. You'll hear practical tips, strategies, and case studies that will help you build incredible marketing campaigns for your business. And now, here's your host, Stacey Keogh. Welcome to today's show. Uh, we have Rachel here with us from the Brand Active team. Hi, Rachel. Hi. Really excited to cover this because we're going to go back into, if you guys remember back to, I think it was season one, where we did a marketing AMA. So ask me anything. And we had a bunch of different questions that had come in from that AMA that we did. And then we just kind of covered it on the podcast too. And we wanted to do a second one because it was really popular. People loved it. Uh, it was basically all the questions that have come in, people asking us. Uh, so we thought we'd cover it again today. So Rachel is going to fire the questions at me (laughs) and hopefully I am going to be able to answer them. Okay, cool. Are you ready? I am ready. Lovely. So the first question is, why are companies using content marketing and what are the benefits? Well, content's hugely popular, isn't it, at the moment? And I think the reason that many companies are looking to use content as a really huge part of their marketing funnel is... The shift in, I guess, generation marketing. So when we think a lot about the millennials who are dominating the market right now, we've obviously got Gen Z kind of moving through. And both of these generations absolutely hate to be sold to. So what has become really important is making sure that there's content that can be consumed that isn't really heavily sales focused and even marketing focused, to be honest. It's very educational, informative. It's almost something that they would enjoy consuming, whether that's in the form of videos, so visual stuff like videos where it's just, it's entertaining, maybe it's funny, and there's very low level placement of brands. So I think content is becoming really, really important, particularly for that demographic. Not to say that it doesn't appeal to the older generation, but I think it's growing in popularity due to the fact that most people don't like to be sold to anymore. They really are looking to educate, inform, build a relationship with the brand. So I guess to address the second part of that question in terms of the benefits, it really is just about, uh, it's about visibility. It's about building brand awareness. I guess it's the same as visibility, but trust, loyalty. You know, people really want to understand who the brand is, build a relationship with the brand before they look to become a customer. And I think that's the main benefit, I guess, of using content. So the next question is, someone's asked, I'm starting a business this year and I'm starting to think about marketing. Where should I begin? Marketing is one of those things, right, that people get really excited about or it completely overwhelms some people. So that's a tricky question without knowing which industry they're from. But I guess if I talk about it in a broad sense... We covered this in the book, not a little bit of a self-promotional thing here. When my book comes out in a couple of weeks' time, it's called Get Online. And it's the six simple steps to launching a digital marketing strategy for the non-tech savvy. So what's cool about it is we kind of walk through, I guess, yeah, the six steps, as it says on 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 the cover of the book. And that is focusing on the six Cs, which you guys may have heard me talk about on this podcast before. So the first C is connect. So before you can kind of launch a marketing campaign, so I guess the question is, right, where to start? Before you can even think about where to start, you have to identify who you're trying to connect with. Who are you as a brand? What is your USP? What's your unique selling proposition? What do you stand for? What's your purpose? Um, Really identifying that value proposition will be hugely, hugely important before you do any kind of marketing. 
Also understanding who you're trying to reach. Who are your audience? Who are the customers? Um, by understanding who they are, you can then start to build a marketing campaign around them um, because it's going to be different for every business. I'm ch- trying to think off the top of my head of some examples, but I'll use ourselves as an example, I guess. So obviously we're a digital marketing agency. The type of customers that we work with or who our audience would be are business owners or marketing managers, right? So it depends on the on the size of the client. But if you think our typical client is roughly a business doing a million pounds in turnover, up to about 50 million pounds in turnover tends to be our demographic. Anything more than that, they probably already have their own marketing department. So we're tending to work with businesses that are still relatively small and are looking to obviously build leads, propel their brand online, get that visibility. So thinking about our audience, I would be thinking about, okay, who are those business owners? Why do they need to outsource their digital marketing? What do they need support with? How can we add value? The more that I can understand the challenges that they're having in their business with regards to marketing, that will determine what I decide to do with a marketing campaign. And that applies to absolutely any business. This is not a plug for Brandlective and our agency. It's very much about you have to understand who you're trying to market to before you can even start a marketing campaign. So then the next step is create. So it's creating content that's going to appeal to your ideal audience. So what type of content should you create? Again, it depends. <laughs> Such an annoying answer, but it totally depends on who you're trying to appeal to. So if you've done that first step where you've identified your audience and you understand who your customer is, that's going to dictate what you create. Uh, so let's think for a second. If you are the owner of a gym, for example, the type of content that you might want to create is videos on different personal training methods or how to do different lifts or how to use different equipment. Or it could be something around showing off people that have done a transformational program. What form of content should you create for that type of brand? Video is fantastic. So I guess I'm kind of going on a bit of a tangent here, but it's really, it's a difficult question to answer without knowing what the brand is and what the business is. So I think it's really important to firstly identify who you are, who your audience is, what they want. Then you start to move on to the type of content that you would create, whether that's video, whether that's audio, written, articles, PR, actionable items. It's going to be very, very different for all sorts of businesses. To identify that, you'll start creating it. Then you can decide step three, which is how to captivate their attention. And again, what type of platforms you're going to use, whether that's Google ads, whether that's Facebook ads, LinkedIn ads. Again, the answer is it depends on the audience, right? So once you've identified who the audience is, you're going to know which platforms they're actually using. And that's the platform that you should start marketing on. So I think it's important when I'm answering this question to say that it's less about what you should be doing. And it's more about where are your customers? And that is where you should begin. Step four of our process is capture. So it's capturing the details of the people that you're interested in working with. So we use a lot of things like lead magnets. Uh, you know, how are we going to get someone to pass us their name, their phone number and their email so that we continue to market to them? So we think a lot about how to create content to capture their information before moving on to step five, which is converse. So that's building a relationship, right? So that's doing social media, that's email campaigns. What type of marketing, you know, what type of platform should you be using for your business? It depends. And I guess, I know I've said that 500 times already in this podcast, but again, it's once you've identified that audience, you're going to know which platforms to use. You know, 
if you're that gym we were talking about earlier, then probably something like Instagram and Facebook is really good for you. LinkedIn, maybe not. Maybe people aren't looking for a gym on LinkedIn. Maybe they are because once you've identified who your customer is, you're going to know, right? So it's really, really important to do that fundamental stuff before you know what kind of marketing you can do. And then the final step really in that whole process is then conversion. But I guess in short, when you're a new business starting out, deciding what type of marketing you should be doing, actually the question you should be asking is, who are we as a business? What's your value proposition? Who are our ideal prospects? And how are we going to reach them? Because that is going to be what dictates what you decide to do with your marketing strategy. Long-winded answer there, but (laughs) hopefully that kind of rounds off. What do you think? That's really good. So the next question is, how do we convince the management team that content marketing works? Oh yeah, this is a big challenge, especially for corporates. It's, uh, or, you know, sort of larger businesses, sort of hundred mil plus and turnover, I think is, is getting sign off from, you know, C-level management. I think it's all about tracking you've got to have an, obje- I guess you start with objective, like why, what is the purpose of doing content? Right. And it is one of those things that's more difficult to manage or track compared to PPC advertising, for example. So a lot of times businesses want to put their, their marketing budget into ads, um, which is great and it can be really effective and you can track it and you can see exactly what's happening. Content is one of those things that's slightly more challenging to track because you don't know which point in the marketing pipeline they're actually interacting with you. So is it that they are re, they're just coming across you through search engine optimization? They're Googling something and coming across a video to watch or coming across a blog, uh, then going away and being retargeted by an ad. You, it's very difficult to track. So I think to answer the question in terms of how do you convince the management team, you have to put a plan in place. There has to be a strategy in terms of what you want to be doing. And then you have to put some metrics. So are those metrics around impressions? awareness, visibility, or are they harder metrics in terms of actual click-throughs and filling in those lead forms that you're actually able to put them into your pipeline? So I think it's to convince management, you've got to have some metrics and deciding what it is that you actually want to measure. So the next person wants to know, what is the content waterfall process? Oh, that's our process. Yeah. So I talked about this on a previous podcast. Um, So the content waterfall is basically a method that we use inside our agency. As you know, you're probably doing it on a daily basis, Rachel. (laughs) Right. So content uh, waterfall. So basically the way that we do, we cover this in our content marketing workshop, which is proving to be really, really popular. And I know that the method, it's kind of weird, isn't it? Because I think about as a marketer, you think about repurposing content all the time and how can you get the most out of every piece of content you create. And what I've realized since I started talking about about the content waterfall process that we use and we've created internally is how much value that actually adds to other businesses. Essentially what it is, it's starting with a core piece of content. So if you imagine a waterfall right at the very, very top, you've got a core piece of content. And for us, that's usually some kind of video content. It could be a podcast, could be a book. So as we've previously mentioned, I've got a book that's out now and I've been working with a lot of authors on how to repurpose that content using this method. Um, so you start with a really strong core piece of content. What you want to do with that core piece of content is then repurpose it as much as possible. So if you imagine kind of moving down the waterfall, so you've got this great piece of core content and then we're looking at how can we repurpose that. Obviously for us, we're always doing short form and long form pieces of content. So that could be something like we would take a video, 
let's say it's a 45 minute interview video, we would then chop that up into sort of one to two minute snippets of video to share across YouTube, to share across all the different social media channels. For each interview question that we've broken off, we'll try to turn that into a blog post as well. So we go a little bit deeper, add some statistics some information that kind of backs up what has been covered in that little video snippet. And so we kind of build it out. From that blog post, we'll then look to create social media images and graphics or pull quotes. So if there's been a really great quote in there, we'll pull that out, turn that into something that can be distributed across social media. We'll, as I say, create sort of five, six different social media images that are relative to the key points that are within that sort of blog post. I would then also take those five or six images and turn that into a slide share. So you can kind of piece them all together. So it's a slide share that can be distributed. What else do we do? We sort of take that original blog post dice it up into sort of 15, 20 different tweets that can go out across Twitter. What else we do as part of that process? We do things like your... An audiogram. You can do an audiogram. Yes, little audio snippets. Yeah, from the original video. Absolutely. We're doing things like infographics. So for example, often in those interviews, when we've got a client that kind of walks through a process that they've created or a process that they do within their business, we'll turn that into an infographic. So long, long answer again, but basically the content waterfall process is it's our way of repurposing a really core, great piece of content to make sure that our clients and and any kind of brands that want to follow this process uh, get the most out of it. So you're not just producing this one piece of content, you're repurposing it into multiple forms. And I think, you know, we've had examples where we've had a 45 minute interview that's been so juicy and rich and such great content that we can turn that into over 170 pieces of content that can be published out across all different platforms. So it's just really thinking about, you know, how can I rinse that piece of content for all it's worth, you know, really juice it and get loads of content out there that can be shared, you know, across multiple platforms to gain the attention of your audience. Next person, why are some companies successful with content marketing while others are not? Well, I think part of the reason is probably not identifying who they're actually trying to speak to, who they're trying to talk to. So some companies do really well with content, others fall totally flat. And my experience when things don't work well, it's usually because they're either overselling or they're promoting what they do too intensely, or they just haven't a couple of things. They haven't thought about their audience. So they don't think about how to create content that actually appeals to their audience or they're using the wrong platforms. So again, they're kind of saying, oh, I love Instagram and Facebook. So I'm going to use those platforms, but actually their whole audience is over on Twitter. So that's the reason I think some businesses are really successful and others fail with regards to content. It's because they are forming their strategy based on what they want to do versus actually what their customers are looking for. So the next question asks, our organization is new to content marketing. Where do we start? Very much what I've already talked about. So I think start with what's the point? (laughs) What are you trying to do? What are your objectives? What kind of value can you add to your audience? So the thing is with any kind of marketing, whether it's content or advertising or social or whatever, it always comes back to the audience. Like who is the audience? What do they want to know? What are they missing? You know, how can you help to solve a problem that they have by giving them something that they don't know? That's great content. So I think, what do your audience want to know? And that is what you should be trying to feed. Someone else wants to know, should I hire someone to do my marketing for me? It depends. (laughs) I know that's That's so annoying. (laughs) Uh, It depends on 
your business. It depends on where you're at in your business journey. So for example, you know, when you're starting out, you can't always afford to outsource it, right? You do have to do everything yourself. So if you're a small, if you're a startup or you're a small business or you're a solopreneur, just, you know, a self-employed person or something like that, you may not have the luxury of actually outsourcing it to, you know, a marketing agency or a marketing person. Um, so you may need to do that yourself, which is absolutely fine you know, there's lots of things that people can do. Even if you don't feel like you're that tech savvy or understand that much about marketing, there's a lot that you can do yourself. So again, a tricky question to answer without knowing who the company is or what stage they are in their business. But I'd say it's totally possible to manage yourself. It's totally possible to have your own internal marketing team. Obviously, as an agency owner, I would (laughs) say that one of the benefits of outsourcing to an agency is the talent pool that you get. So, you know, as you know, Rachel, like we have a bunch of clients that do have an internal marketing person or sometimes one or two marketing people. And the reason that they still choose to outsource us to manage their digital marketing is either one to form strategy and to help them implement a campaign or it's to plug the holes and the gaps that they don't have internally. So obviously the benefit of an agency is you're plugging into talent with regards to design, with regards to copywriting, to do with advertising, PPC, websites, all that kind of stuff, basically everything. Yeah, branding, all that kind of thing. So I think that's the benefit, I guess, of outsourcing, but it really depends on where you are in your business journey. Speaking of branding, the next question asks, what are the fundamental components I need for a successful brand? Planning and preparation is super important. A lot of businesses kind of run out and just create a logo and think that that's their brand and that's not it. (laughs) And as as your business grows, you start to realize that that's not it. So I think having a plan and preparing for what you want your brand to be is really, really important. I think having a way of assessing and sort of monitoring your brand is also really important. So I think the fundamentals of getting a brand set up, I always recommend brand guidelines. I think that helps to give you a lot of direction. Uh, and that's in terms of visuals. So it could be, you know, the fonts that you're using, it could be the color palette that you're using, how your logo and images should be used, having rules associated to those, I think are really, really important. But equally with regards to sort of assessing and monitoring your brand, uh, things like what is the sentiment of it? How are people interpreting what your brand stands for? I think is really important. Having a strong set of core values, which I know we've covered on previous podcasts, really identifying, you know, what your value proposition is, what your mission is your purpose, I think, should all play a part in branding. And really, it comes down to consistency and a commitment to honoring your own brand. I think it's important, actually, to say at this point that a brand can change. It evolves. You know, as businesses grow, so do their brands. So, um, you know, it's not that you have to have everything figured out right from the beginning, but I think having a plan and preparing and having some, some rules, even if they do change, you know, over time, it's really important just to have in place in the early stages. So the final question is, what do you mean when you say social media platforms or channels? You know, the big six are Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and Pinterest, I think still kind of makes the cut. So I guess that Pinterest and Snapchat always bounce back and forth, but I I think still Pinterest is probably one of the bigger ones. So that, yeah, that's what we mean by social media platforms. That's it. 
Oh, that's all the questions. Yeah, Fantastic. The questions. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being on the show today, Rachel, and kind no of worries. getting us out. Always a pleasure. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's been awesome to kind of address some of the questions that have been coming in. So thank you to all of our listeners who have been kind of asking these questions and interacting with us. Obviously, uh, we love having you here and I hope that you have got some value from this episode. You've just been listening to The Vault Podcast with Stacey Keogh. If you've enjoyed the show, she'd really appreciate you leaving a review on iTunes. And don't forget to head over to www.thevault.global for more free content that will help you build an effective marketing strategy.